Welcome to the Business Finishing School Podcast. Stop the insanity. Eliminate the chaos. Bring simplicity, probability, and leverage as operating values into your business and personal life so you can do more, earn more, and improve your relationships. This is Business Growth Simplified. Here's your host, Business Finishing School founder, Rick Sapio. All right, everyone. This is Rick Sapio here live. Morgan, thank you so much for setting up yet another BFS bot podcast. I'm here with Gino Wickman. Gino is a, I'm going to say famous in quotations, a famous author who's written many, many books, and you could check out his bio online. You could also see it below. But of all the books you've written, Gino, it seems like you're spending a tremendous amount of time declaring that this latest book, The Entrepreneurial Leap, and tell me the subtitle of that book. I don't have it in front of me. Do you have what it takes to become an entrepreneur? And you want to spend the next 10 years manifesting in this in the world. Why is this the book that you've chosen to do that with? Yeah, it's great. So I look at it as almost like eras. And so the previous 20 years was focused on helping entrepreneurs with existing businesses build great companies. And, and we now have over 100,000 companies running on that system. I wrote five books around that concept. Uh, it's called EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And you know, I see that as kind of the buildup to why I'm pursuing this next 10-year passion. What I'm doing is I'm going to the front of the entrepreneurial journey and having seen these crazy entrepreneurs and what they do and how they act and their genetic encoding, I feel I see clearly what the definition of a true entrepreneur is. And I want to help the, the people that think they are right now. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but I really feel I can help the ones that think they are decide whether they are or aren't. And the ones that truly are, which I call the 4%. Um, I really feel I can give them a huge jump start on becoming what they're meant to be, and that's entrepreneurs. And the last thing I would say is, it's an old saying by Daniel Kennedy that says, we teach what we needed the most. The reality is, you know, I'm teaching my 18-year-old self who was lost, a mislabeled derelict. I didn't go to college. I knew academics weren't for me. And so, you know, I'm teaching myself. I'm teaching that person that I was that's a little bit lost right now. And, and the reality is, you know, there are people out there that are entrepreneurs and they just um, don't realize it yet. And so that's why I'm so passionate and excited about this next book and, and, you know, and, and, and content and mission. Yeah, one of the things I challenged you on when we first talked was uh, you, you say the words true entrepreneur. And I almost feel like you're challenging people who don't consider themselves entrepreneurs to be entrepreneurs. So I want to talk about you yourself. How do you know that you, Gino, that you are a true entrepreneur? No, it's such a great question because I, you know, if you asked me that at 28, um, I would say, I don't know. And at 29, I would say, yeah. So it was right around then I realized what I was. Um, and I wish I had learned and known this sooner. That's really the point about this mission. And so, you know, the way I know is now with 25 years under my belt of working with entrepreneurs, um, you know, I start the book by talking about how to confirm whether you are. I believe there are six essential traits, visionary, passionate, problem solver, driven, risk taker, and responsible. And the reason I know that I am is those are all the things that I am. They've been with me forever. 
I, I couldn't articulate it or define it at 28. And I would suggest it probably took me until 40 to really get clear on it and see it in all of these wonderful entrepreneurs. So, you know, the short answer is I possess those six essential traits. I was born with those six essential traits and, and, and that's how I know. And then I know that certainly by, um, you know, my background and, and what I've built and, you know, what I've done in the world from a business standpoint, right, wrong, or indifferent. You know, it's not like somehow uh, entrepreneurship is the only way to go. It's not all it's cracked up to be. You know, most of the time it's sheer hell. It's hard. We're crazy. Um, but uh, this, is, this is what, for some reason, th this is the, the hand I was dealt and I'm, I've, I've maximized it and relished it and, uh, and really capitalized on it. So are you suggesting like DNA, you either have the entrepreneurial DNA or you don't? 100 percent and in that and in that is the fun debate that hopefully we're about to have <laughs> well i think that's for another call because yeah. i am on the other side of that debate very interesting yeah. um which which so we'll tell everybody that there may be another call later so let's talk about the eight disciplines um for you know, increasing your success. How do you word it in the book? I can't remember. Yeah, so the eight disciplines for increasing your odds of success. Yeah. So let's talk through that. I think that could be very valuable for our, our audience. And by the way, I told Gino he could plug anything he wants. We're so uh, grateful for his mission in life and what that mission has manifested, all these books that you can read, which I've consumed three of. Um, I also know Mark, I'm here in Dallas. I've known him since he joined EO 25 years ago, I think, Mark Winters. So yeah. uh, your co-author on Traction. Is rocket. it Traction or Get a Grip? Oh, rocket. rocket Fuel, I'm sorry. Yeah, Rocket Fuel. Um, so let's start on the eight yeah. disciplines. What's the most important one? Or is it the first one? Yeah, well, actually, they're all equally important, but you'll see how they kind of build on each other. And as we go into these eight disciplines, I want to create a little context for your audience because... The way the book is written is it's written in three parts, uh, confirm, glimpse, and path. And so they're purposely written in that order because first step, you have to confirm that you are. And again, we'll save that debate for a, <laughs> another day. Glimpse is all about showing, you know, once you realize you are, it's about showing all of your options and showing you a day in the life, both the dream and the nightmare. And then assuming that, you know, motivates you to move, then we get into path and path gets into all kinds of things like, college or not, how to find your passion, how to find a mentor. And one of the things is the eight disciplines. And so diving into that, the whole idea here is I looked at my 25 years of, of history as an entrepreneur, um, the, the hundreds of companies I've worked with, the, the, the tens of thousands that we've worked with, and, and then the people I interviewed in preparation for this book, and out of that kind of bubble to the surface, these eight and, and so with that, I'll, I'll, I'll take them in order and we'll move kind of briskly through them. But, if, you know, if I could pick my favorite, I don't think I can <laughs> because it's like my eight children, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. but, I, but I'll touch on each one and then you tell me which one you want to go deep into. But the first discipline is to clarify your vision. And so, so many entrepreneurs, they jump and they leap and they go and they start selling stuff and they're just making up as they go along. And the reality of it is the clearer they can be about their vision as early as possible when taking their leap, they're going to be able to help their customers understand, their clients understand, their vendors understand, their employees understand, and they will get there faster. And I, 
offer a very simple tool on the website. You know, and I appreciate you letting me promote anything I want. Here's the good news. Anything I'm going to talk about, it's all free. So I've got nothing to sell. Ultimately, I hope your audience buys a copy of the book, but there's a free assessment on the website. There's the first 30 pages of the book that's free. And this tool, My Vision Clarifier, is free. So if they go to e-leap.com, they can access all these tools that we're going to talk about. And so that tool helps them clarify their vision. Number two is to decide if you're a partner person. And so this is so important because every single one of these disciplines I'm sharing stems from a mistake that most of our clients make when they come to us as EOS. And so there are people walking the earth. You're one of three types of people. You're either someone who should have a partner. Um, you're someone that shouldn't have a partner. And, and the person that should have a partner, you, go, you break into two categories. Either you need to be the majority partner making the decisions and you're giving people a piece of the action so they have skin in the game, or you're comfortable you know, sharing in that partnership. Either you have another partner where you each own 50% or there's three of you that own a third where you're comfortable being equals for lack of a better term. And it's so important to decide on the front end because so many people start out with a partner and have to unravel something eight years in that's a disaster. Um, and there's no bad answer, but everyone is different and you're one of those three people. Number three is- as a, I just want to say as a private yeah, equity investor, we spend a lot of time on this and are people willing to have a partner? And I just had to untangle a five-year relationship with a company. We spend a lot of time, effort, energy, money developing this entrepreneurial leader. And at the end of the day, he just didn't want partners. And he made these, these famous words. He said, I'd rather go bankrupt than have a partner. Yeah. And I said, well, that'd have been great if you told us that at the beginning after we quizzed you for two or three years. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, I've had to help seven of my clients unravel partnerships and it's really, really challenging. Mm -hmm. So that's why that one is there. Uh, next, number three is to know that the bigger the problem you solve in the world, the more successful you will be. And so it's just a basic premise that if you're cutting lawns, you're worth 25 bucks a cut. But if you're, if you're putting people on Mars, you're worth a trillion dollars. It's simple math. And so just know that as an entrepreneur, look at the problem you're solving in the world. And if you're frustrated because you're only making 100 grand a year from your business, you're probably not solving a big enough problem. Number four is get feedback from customers and clients early and often. So I always like to say, you need to know your customers and clients better than they know themselves. And so if you constantly keep asking, keep your ear to the ground, it's going to help you evolve your organization, evolve your product, evolve your service, because it's constantly changing. The idea, the thing you create, the product, the service that you launch with is going to change and evolve. And if you don't keep your ear to the ground, you're going to get stepped on, passed over, competition's going to crush you uh, on to number five. Uh, know that your first plan will not be your final plan. And so all this is, again, it's a discipline. It's going in knowing that the plan is going to change and just be ready for a change. I always urge you to have a backup plan, but just go in mentally knowing that this plan, this vision, this idea, this thing I put on paper, this thing I launched with, it's going to change somewhere between today and 10 years from now. And so just be ready. Don't be surprised. It amazes me how many entrepreneurs are surprised and they're just slow to react and obviously they go down. Most businesses don't succeed as we all know. Number six is work hard, really hard. So I, there's, there's been no formula to replace working hard. And, and working hard, you and I could 
do a one hour podcast just on working hard because it doesn't mean you have to work 24 seven, seven days a week, 365 a year. But what it does mean is you have to be totally engaged, always thinking about it, energy around it. So, so just work hard, be totally engaged. Um, anyway, I'll leave it there. We can dig into anything you want to. Number seven is take criticism and doubt from others with a grain of salt. And so what this means is go in knowing you're going to get lots of opinions. And, 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 and most, of it's, most of those opinions are going to be bad or worst case, not bad, but not right for you. And so you've got to know your vision. You've got to know your core values. You've got to know your culture. You've got to know your customer. You've got to know your product. You've got to know what you want to create. And then all of the criticism and insight and feedback you get from people, you run it through a filter and decide what works best for your organization because your your significant other your parent your family your friends whatever it is most of the times they're going to doubt and criticize and be afraid for you and that can get you twisted in a knot and then number eight is see it every night and it's this powerful discipline that just says see your 10-year goal every single night when you go to bed there's there's a power to the universe that when you put it out there that strongly it happens and so I go into each one of those things in a little more depth in the book, certainly, but uh, there they are at a high level. All right. The one that I want to dig in most is something that we spend a lot of time in the business finishing school program with, and that is the problem that you're solving. And we've come up with this uh, a term that we've actually trademark called a catalyzing statement. Love it. And a catalyzing statement is something that catalyzes action in all your stakeholders. So if you think about John F. Kennedy said, we're going to send the man to the moon and return him safe to the earth by the end of the decade of the 60s. You're here. It was so clear and so powerful and the problem was so big that even though he died eight months later, it still happened. Yep. So, uh, you know, from the number three is without question, in my opinion, the, the most impactful one because it ties into number one, the vision. But. How do you get people to have the confidence to solve a big problem? Well, you know, so this is where, again, we're not going to get into the debate, but there's a spectrum I talk about in the book, the entrepreneurial range. And I talk about self-employed people, uh, mm -hmm. you know, one person shows self-employed all the way to a true entrepreneur. And so if you picture that spectrum, same thing applies to the question you're asking, you know, not every entrepreneur has, you know, is going to put or populate Mars, you know what I mean, is going to create the next iPhone. And so we got to be careful in that not everyone needs to change the world with their idea. So, um, you know, it's like I, one of my clients that has built an amazing $20 million company, they just, they simplify printing environments. I mean, that's what they're passionate about. So we have to be careful to impart too much will. You know, for me right now with this new project, it's to give entrepreneurs in the making a huge jumpstart on taking their entrepreneurial leaps. And so um, with that, how do you get them to get the confidence? I don't know that you can teach someone to get the confidence, but you certainly create an opening that sucks them in. In my opinion, if they have those six essential traits, they're going to get sucked in. And that visionary trait that they have is going to help them see something in the world see a dent they want to put in the universe. And again, it just doesn't have to be, like I said, the next iPhone populating Mars, whatever it is for that visionary, that entrepreneur, it's all that matters. As long as it's important to them and energizing to them, then 
you know, using your terminology, to me, that's a catalyzing statement. And then in the EOS, we don't call it a catalyzing statement, but we have every client make sure they have a 10-year target and a deep, deep clarity around the passion for why they're doing what they're doing. And I think in that is that catalyzing statement that you're talking about. And we just create an opening. We, we, we just simply ask the question and they fill that void with the right answer for their organization. And some of them are, you know, these wonderful wow statements that everybody says, wow, and some of them aren't, but it energizes the company and that's all that really matters. So Gino, I'm hearing you. And, you know, one of the things that frustrates me the most, having taught entrepreneurs and uh, entrepreneurial programs for 30 years, how do you uh, challenge somebody who has the traits, but who has not yet made the leap? Yeah, and, and so I feel, you know, that's a loaded question, quite frankly, because what I want to say is read the book. In other words, that's why this book was written. That's why this content was created. Or worst case, go to the website, go there for free. But, you know, with if I dig into the root of what you're asking, um, I think that for me you know, when we talk about the glimpse part of the book and I talk about all of the options for an entrepreneur and I talk about industries and businesses and sizes, you know, I just feel that the entrepreneur that decides to start a heating and cooling company and generates $3 million a year and a 20% profit, that's admirable. That's an entrepreneur. And just as quickly, the other entrepreneur that starts a software company and builds a billion dollar company, that's admirable. Those are both entrepreneurs. So I wouldn't want to say one is better than the other. Every entrepreneur is built for something different. And so for me, it's about taking that person with the six essential traits and helping them get really clear on what they're built for and then taking that leap around what they're built for. Because I think if every entrepreneur starts out saying that, I've got to build a billion dollar company. I've got to put a dent in the universe. We can all do that. I just feel like that's dangerous because I don't believe that to be true. Hmm. That's a good insight. So I guess the question, what, what I'm left with is there is, there are a lot of people in my opinion that uh, I've met and you've met, I'm sure that uh, they're operating way below their capacity for whatever reason. And I think a lot of it boils down to moms and dads and teachers and preachers telling them that they, that they can't. And I think part of the leap for what I'm hearing you say is that they can. If you've got these six traits, you should find where you sit in that range and go for it uh, in, in, in that range. So the question is how, and I'm thinking this live as I'm talking to you, not prepared for the question, but how do you get people to think actually at their level if they're not there? And how do you know? Like, yeah, that's you know, it's such a great question because, you know, then you make me think of my EOS clients where they come to me and their thinking is at a certain stage and certainly their mind gets expanded and they, you know, grow to another level because their mind is expanded. But just as quickly, I can give you a client example of where they got so clear and their mind was expanded that they realized that they should shrink the company and actually... Mm make it you know, better, stronger, easier, faster, higher quality clients, higher quality product. So again, the answer is different for everyone. And so I think that you know, every year that goes by, you get clearer and smarter. And then I wanna use me as an example. You know, I sold EOS Worldwide two years ago because it got to a point where we had about 200 EOS implementers all over the world 
We had international growth uh, objectives and initiatives. We had IP issues and it got to a size that it's just not fun to me anymore because I want to create and build and launch and start things. And so for me, I know the kind of entrepreneur I am and I'm the kind of guy that's in this 50 to 250 employee range and that's it. And that, and that organization, knock on wood for the last two years, has grown 40% a year in my absence and should continue to do the same. So that organization, I built it to last for a hundred years, but it doesn't need me at the helm anymore. I know what's fun to me. And I, and I don't think there's anything that's written that said I should have stayed at the helm and that makes me a great entrepreneur. And so now I'm building this next thing. And so I'm, I'm playing in my sweet spot as an entrepreneur because I love to create, launch, build things, and then get the heck out when they start to get a little too, structured and bureaucratic for me. So I don't know if that lends any insight to the question you're asking. Uh, no, it, it does. It does. So let's go to the next question. So when you think about what you're building now, yeah. give us your 10 year vision. You uh, uh, trying to touch on as many of the eight disciplines as you can for the entrepreneurial leap. Yeah, I love it. So, so it's going to be a very unique business model because this is as much a passion project as it is a for-profit project. And so for me, it's a pure book play. And with that, the goal is to impact 1 million entrepreneurs in the making in the next 10 years, sell a million copies of this book, and I'm doing it through collaborators. And so what makes the model unique is this is a total open source abundance-based model where I'm making this content free to any collaborator that is out there helping entrepreneurs in the making. And so it's working with organizations, working with any high school, college, nonprofit, for-profit that are teaching and educating entrepreneurs in the making that need content. And I literally give them all of this content and these tools for free. I just ask that they give credit where credit is due and make them aware of the book and hopefully that will move books. But the idea, if you can play that out in your mind, is all of a sudden that's the leverage point is these collaborators are the heroes to their audience and they've got great content in addition to the content that I'm giving them. And so what's normally happening is I would be doing a license agreement with these collaborators. I'd be taking a percentage of their revenue. I'd build another hundred million dollar business, but I don't need that. I don't want that. I'm, I'm actually trying to keep my organization small and manageable and making these collaborators heroes. And so just like with EOS, it's a very unique model that I built there. The way my brain works is just kind of different than the way most people work. And so it's kind of hard to get your head around this particular model. But to me, I don't need the economic win that I had with EOS Worldwide. I'm a capitalist. I expect an economic win from this new project. But to me, it's more about impacting those million entrepreneurs in the making and creating that leverage through collaborators and it is about building some hundred person organization that does, you know, whatever number of millions of dollars. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that's the goal. That's the mission. That's the business model. And I'm four months into it as we sit here today. So I'm, I'm, I'm executing a very specific plan for the next, for the next 10 years. Vision is crystal clear. I know I'm not a partner person, so I have no partners. Um, I believe I'm solving a huge problem in the world because collaborators need content. I am constantly getting feedback from my collaborators and my entrepreneurs in the making. I know that my plan is going to change in the next one to three years, so I'm ready to change it on a dime. I work my ass off when I'm working, 
I'm going through all the disciplines, by the way. Um, I take criticism and doubt from others with a grain of salt. And trust me, I get criticism and doubt every day of my life. And I see it every night as crystal clear as, as a picture I could be looking at right now. It was funny as you were talking, I was checking off each of the eight. So you've got, <laughs> you've got them. Done. Well, you just demonstrated what uh, we should all do. All of you listening out there should have all of these eight disciplines, uh, if not memorized, re-listen to it and see where you fit in each one of these eight. Because I would agree, uh, our uh, operating principles here in business finishing school are simplicity, probability, and leverage. And I would say if you incorporate all eight of Gino's uh, disciplines here, you would have more simplicity, more probability of hitting the stated objective 10 years out, and you would leverage yourself. Here, here. So with that, I would want to ask you, Gino, anything you want to say to our audience, uh, anything you left out, any additional resources, or is it all at uh, www.e-leap.com? Yeah, it's all there. And what I would urge is, you know, I keep saying free, it truly is free. So go to the website, you know, sign up for the blog, I put out a piece of video content every single week, they're short little nuggets that are just these great little entrepreneurial nuggets to keep you motivated, educated, inspired. I write a blog every two weeks. And so um, I would urge you to do that. Please read the first 30 pages of the book for free. Please take the assess assessment to make sure you're an entrepreneur in the making. And again, it's all there at that website. Yeah, you know, one of the things I wanted to say earlier, uh, and, and this may be the debate for another podcast, but I have four young kids. I'm 56, but I've got a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 12-year-old. And I've told wow. them, I've said to them, listen, uh, I'm not paying for college. Nobody paid for my college. So you've got to be entrepreneurial and figure it out. You're telling me that they may not be entrepreneurs. So I got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if they are or aren't, but there's a great assessment they could take at e-leap.com and, uh, and a book for them to read to decide. Uh, but yeah, but it, you know, this is the beauty of having differing philosophies and opinions. The world needs to listen to our debate and just decide for themselves what makes the most sense. Because, you know, I write that chapter, college or not, very controversial as to, you know, whether you should go to college or not, if you know you're an entrepreneur. So you know, there's lots of uh, hot debates uh, in this subject. Well, I just want to say thank you for taking to heart the eight disciplines and thank you for working hard to bring your vision into the world. It's impacted hundreds of thousands of people, I would say. I know you say 100,000, but they all have families and friends and coworkers and all that. So sure. thank you for everything you do, Gino. I appreciate your time and our community will appreciate this as well. Thank you, Rick. What a blast. Pleasure to spend time with you. Thank you for tuning in to the Business Finishing School podcast, where we teach you business growth simplified. For more information on Business Finishing School or their Business Growth Summit event, visit businessfinishingschool.com.